Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stand Up Tragedy Spotlight. My name's Dave and I'll be your host. Stand Up Tragedy was a live show that ran from February to June in 2013. It took place downstairs at the Leicester Square Theatre. The live show is coming back. It's going to be coming to various pubs around London and eventually to the Edinburgh Festival in 2013. But until then, we're releasing every two weeks a special focused podcast that features one of the acts that performed during our five-month run. The first episode will feature Beck Hill, who is an absolutely fantastic stand-up comedian. She's going to be performing in Edinburgh this year, so look out for Beck Hill is more afraid of you than you are of her, which will be taking place at the Gilded Balloon Teviot in the Turret. And it's going to be running pretty much through the whole of the festival. So check out the Gilded Balloons website at www.gildedballoon.co.uk. I'm currently looking for someone to put together a theme tune for the Stand Up Tragedy Spotlight series. It needs to be 30 to 40 seconds in length. And ideally it should contain lyrics along the lines of Stand Up Tragedy Spotlight. Let's focus on the tragedy. It can be any style as long as it's good. This should kind of try and be catchy because it's a theme tune for a show. So any musicians out there that are hearing this and are interested, please send your submissions to upstandingtragedy at gmail.com. I can't afford to pay you at the moment, but I can plug the hell out of you, give you a credit and try and get people to hear your stuff. Thanks very much. On with the show. We have some tragic comedy for you all now from Beck Hill. For more Beck Hill, go to www.beckhillcomedian.com or Be Chill Comedian, which is just how my mind keeps reading it. Um, welcome Beck to the stage. I'm a little bit worried that this might be tragic comedy for the wrong reasons. Um, thank you uh, very much for having me along. Give me a groan if any of you have friends who have started having babies. Oh. Oh, yes, my people! <laughs> I was trying to work out what to talk about tonight, and then I figured, you know what? The tragedy that we all face is when we lose our friends to their children. It's really horrible, isn't it? And I knew I'd find you here in a basement after work. It's <laughs> just how it works, isn't it? My, uh, my friends, they have started having babies, and um, I don't like it because babies scare me. Like, not, not to the point that um, if I'm in the same room as one, I have to get under a glass with a piece of paper and, like, throw it out the window. It doesn't work quite the same. Um, they just kind of give me the creeps. I kind of think they're a bit like tiny milk vampires. That's how I see babies. I, I, I don't like because my friends make me hold babies, but I don't like it when they do that. They do, don't they? They make you hold They're like, yeah, I don't want to touch it. I know where it's been. I know where it came from. I don't <laughs> So my kind of scene, please, and my friend gave it to me, my friend gave the baby to me, and it vomited on me. Yeah, and she tried to make me feel better by saying, it's okay. When they're that young, it's not vomit, just milk. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel any better, does it? Don't want milk that's been inside two people in one day. <laughs> I made that mistake that we all make. I looked into its eyes. You should never look into its eyes. 
<laughs> you don't do it, do you? I did. I looked into its eyes and I went, Oh, <laughs> that is one ugly baby. <laughs> now, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have said it out loud. Uh, but, like, okay, stay with me on this one, right? It was a really ugly baby. You know how some people are like, oh, it looks just like its dad. Oh, it looks just like its dad. This baby looked exactly like her dad. Like, exactly like, like a tiny, tiny man. This baby had stubble. <laughs> That's not what a cute baby has. This baby had the face of someone who had seen better days. That's not the face a baby should have. And I shouldn't have said those things out loud either, but I can't help myself. I'm really immature. Like, I still laugh when you're in the shower and you squeeze a shampoo bottle and makes a fart sound. <laughs> that stuff. I live for it. Uh, for years, I thought that in France, Lego... It's just cold go. That's how mature I am. Yep, yeah, I have the legal right to vote. That's right, me. The same person who thought that Stephen Hawking was American because of his accent. <laughs> I don't feel like an adult. Society says that I'm one. I don't think anyone even knows what an adult is, do they? Ironically, adult education was more about what makes a baby, not what makes an adult. The only thing I took away from that class was my teacher standing at the front and saying, There is nothing funny about syphilis. <laughs> I put up my hand and said, What if your doctor has a lisp? <laughs> you guys are really nice, it's a really nice crowd. Um, no, I mean that. I, I, like I, I had a nice gig last night as well. It was just a type five. And they were really, really respectful audience. Yeah, they were so respectful, they gave me a minute's silence. <laughs> five times in a row. Um, and that is the tragedy. I, and I think anyone who's either seen a lot of comedy or performed before, you'll know this, that the silence is the worst treatment you could get from an audience. It's not, it's not like heckling. You can come back to heckling. You can try and save yourself from it. But silence, that is just deadly. It's really horrible. And I did this set just to nothing. And at the end of it, I realised that I felt like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. And he does that solo at the end of Johnny Be Good. And he looks up and everyone's just staring at him. So I said to them, well, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. <laughs> but your kids are going to love it. Of course, being that sort of audience, they didn't get the reference. I'm glad that you guys did though. That makes it all the more better. Um, I mean, it's, just a, it's just a short set tonight, but I thought I might, um, I, well, seeing as we're in Soho, I might as well ask. Um, have any of you got a backup plan for what you would do if someone tried to mug you? No. Kind of. No, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, what's your backup? Well, I mean, I, I just would give them, well, I, I would give them everything I've got, but I would also, uh, you know, I've got this sort of weird little fantasy where I'm going to tell them, you know, that I don't earn very much money. And <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has that fantasy. Like, no one who's ever yeah. got mugged has yeah. thought, oh, I think I'll just tell them how much I really want my money. That yeah. will stop them. Yeah. But I like the fact, um, for anyone on the podcast, uh, the audience member just said that they would uh, try to appeal to their moral senses. And <laughs> still give them the things, but try and make them feel really guilty about it. Um, I, I like that. I like the fact that no one else has a backup plan, and that's the best one. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Is anyone walking home tonight alone? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's all right, I just need a new phone. Uh, I, um, the reason I ask, uh, well, I, one of my friends, her backup plan, she said she would pretend to faint, which I do think is worse than your plan. I think fainting is just making it one step easier for them, other than giving them the stuff, just let them help themselves. Now, I can't see them, I can't see them looking at someone fainting on the ground and going, oh, well, hardly seems fun anymore, does it? And they're just walking off. That's not how it works, is it? Uh, my other friend, he had the best backup plan when someone tried to mug him. And he said, I didn't know it was your birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> I went, it's not my... Shh. <laughs> Here, let me help you with those bags. And he starts picking up the bags that don't exist and walking along with them. Meanwhile, the mugger got so confused, he ran off! <laughs> I think that's the best way to come back to a mugging. Now, the worst way to come back to a mugging is how I came back to my mugging which was that I pretended to be deaf. <laughs> now, hear me out, some of you laughing, some of you thinking, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> the reason is, because I stay out really late, I really like reruns, I really like those sorts of things, and I love it when, the, when you get the sign interpreter. I think that's amazing, because you learn some brilliant words that you would never learn otherwise. Like I was watching the Catherine Tate show, and this, that's giant cocksucker. <laughs> I think I like that the most is anyone listening to the podcast is just going to have to guess what that sound like is. <laughs> I think it was really exciting. The problem is, though, I never learned enough to really get by in a conversation, and I never really learned it properly. So my reaction was me standing in the middle of the street and doing this. I'm a pony. <laughs> I can't believe. Okay, now I understand if deaf was a race of people, that's a really racist accent, isn't it? Like, you know, that's not a good accent. It's not a good impression. It's not, you don't go to dinner parties and everyone's like, hey, Beck, do your deaf impression. <laughs> and it's spot on, right? That's not, that's not acceptable. But I didn't have anything else to go on. So it just ended up with me standing in the street. I'll be honest with you. This perplexed them. <laughs> after a while, one turned to the other and went, Re, do you think she's deaf? <laughs> <laughs> the other one went, now, still got her iPod on, eh? Because <laughs> that is the one accessory you should not wear while pretending to be deaf. Uh, so Karma did get me back. They stole my iPod. <laughs> the podcast listeners, I just signed Massive Cocksucker. Look it up on Google. Thank you very much, everyone. I've been Meg Hill. Woo! Yeah.